Hey everyone, this is Alex Kelly back here with another episode of Furloughed Film Talks. Uh, we are very thankful for you guys listening to uh, this new episode. Uh, we are going to be talking with uh, the host of the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan here in Dallas, uh, Kevin Hagland, here in a couple minutes. Uh, we're very excited about our interview this Friday with Keith Robinson, who's in the new Judd Apatow movie, King of Staten Island, and also has his own podcast called Three Girls, One Keith, uh, that is also hosted by Amy Schumer. So excited for that on Friday. And then next week, we are going to be talking to the writers of the Good Boys episode of Into the Dark on Hulu, uh, the Eisenberg brothers. So excited uh, to talk to them next week about creating that episode. So uh, without further ado, here is our conversation with Kevin Hagelin. Again, joined by uh, 105.3's KNC Masterpiece, it's uh, Kevin Hagelin, man. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us again. The pleasure is all yours. So you uh, you said these last couple days have been... Oh, yeah, it is all mine. Uh, and yours. I don't know. Um, it's, it's a thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. So yeah. what, you've, <laughs> what you've been doing these last couple days, it's been kind of crazy in the world. <laughs> oh, you know, just... Sifting through the racial tensions of the day via our meager sports radio show. Yeah, it's more than we've been doing. Uh, Ducking, diving between the riots and looters. You know, I, and that's, it's sad to see uh, people that are just, point blank, it's sad to see people are in pain. I, yeah. I get that people are trying to kind of argue about who gets to control the narrative on the riots and all this and that, but... The bottom line is people are hurting, whether it's mm-hmm. the shop owner who had nothing to do with all of this and their shop got destroyed or just the legions of black people or, quite frankly, people in general who are hurt by the killing of George Floyd or just continued racial inequality. People are hurting, man. And yeah. that's sad to see. And I know it's turned into a squabble over who deserves to be hurt the most, but I don't find that to be super productive line of thinking. No, and I think, you know, you have to find ways to be of help of, you know, to not just sit around and post stuff to social media to find ways to, you know, be out there and helping people. So, you know, have you found any ways or anything that you would want to talk or tell people that they can help with? Uh, Honestly, uh, I think the way you can help the best is educate yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, like find sources that you trust not just your own echo chamber. Cause like I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah. Like, I, we all like to listen to opinions that are the same as our own. It makes people feel more comfortable. So I would say venture outside of your own echo chamber and try to learn regardless of where you sit on the matter and try to learn about other perspectives. And I know some people will say, I don't want to know anything about the racist perspective. And I totally respect that and understand that I'm just all about like learning whatever I can, why people think the way they do or yes. how they became hate filled the way they are or anything like that. And then another thing, cause we just had him on the show today, Emmanuel Acho, the uh, former NFL player, former UT player. Yeah. He, he has, he has a video that's making the rounds and it's essentially, it's kind of like a dear white people Q and a, and it's eight or nine minutes long. Maybe take the chance to go watch that yep. because it gets pretty real and pretty honest. And then the last thing I would say, because we had this conversation with uh, some of my fiance's friends over the weekend, 
if there is something that you know that is actively hurting somebody else and it makes no impact in your life, you can change it. Yep. Well, that, the Emmanuel Acho thing, I saw the first couple minutes of it, and I think that's such a great tool for people to say, like, here are my legitimate questions, and this is what I've just, I don't know. Like, I've never been through that type of thing. And for us, we can really learn and hopefully have communication and a dialogue with them. There's been, like, a lot of great examples in the past few days. Like, the the mayor of Atlanta's uh, She has killed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. to, like, because I don't think from an elected official, you're really going to see that insight of, like, how much grief and, like, torment there is just by existing as, like, an African-American mother. Like, having to, you know, yeah. worry daily about, you know, the the country that your children are living up or growing up in. Like, we, you have to kind of, like, actively seek out and, and to your point, like, try to learn about these communities. Because, like, but the way things are set up, like, nowadays, like, on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, like, you're mostly only going to see shit related to uh, you know this you know they're only gonna feed you stuff that you're gonna click on like but you actively have to seek out like introductions to other communities and other perspectives you also have to reach out to other people who have differing opinions like you said like racists and people who hold those opinions and not like obviously their opinions are wrong but don't shun them like try to have a conversation with them because you're not gonna change their mind and make this better a, this world a better place by just shunning them and saying like no you're dumb you have to talk with them and kind of point some stuff out for them mm-hmm. and and maybe you'll never i mean there's a good chance you'll never ever change somebody's mind like that who like that has been inbred in them for years and yeah. years and years but if you if, for the people who don't want to do that i totally get it me personally i just like having conversations especially yeah. with people who i don't agree with because i want to know like how did you get to this place you know yeah it's but it's even crazier now like seeing down in deep elm and close to where you guys do your show like yeah. there's been places that have been you know windows smashed yeah, and it's just, just been mayhem and like them. the trump or trump you know mentioned the guy who was running around with machete in his speech yesterday like that type of stuff is making national news, and it's... So, do you are you familiar, like, the example that you used, I became very enamored with that over the last couple of days. Do you know, like, the entire story of that? I've seen what... I've seen the tweets that everybody are saying is from the guy that did it. Um, did have you, have you heard kind of what happened? And, and plus, there's a couple of harder-to-find versions of that video that have more of it. Yeah. So, like, this, this goes to what I was talking about. Who gets to control the narrative of yep. the riots, right? Okay, so the first thing that you saw is, oh, man, look at this group of black people unrelentingly beating this guy down. They might have killed him. They're the worst. Yeah. And then you see more of the video. Oh, my God, that guy was chasing them with a machete. Mm-hmm. He was well, running after them with a the, machete. Yeah, and then you're like, huh, maybe that changes my perspective. And then there's another part of the video where before that he was having bricks thrown at him. And so then all I of a sudden that. you're like, oh, well, not that I would ever advocate chasing anybody around with a machete, but like, did he feel like he was under attack? And then the other part of it was he was defending his business. And then other people are like, well, that's not actually his business. He was just at the business. I'm not advocating violence, but I do admit that I was sitting in a business and it got broken into and people started throwing bricks at me. I don't. I would not have a super positive reaction. And then the other part of it is, 
where did these magical pallets of bricks come from? And people are saying, yeah, placed there by certain, like, there's just, it's there's so many layers. At the end of the day, what gets lost is, man, it sure does suck that somebody got beat down and almost died in the middle of downtown. It's who gets to decide who has the high ground. And that's the part that I'm like, "Mm, I'm less interested in. And there was a video of like the New York Police Department, like the car. There's, there's like the overhead view of it, and the cars are like driving through a group of protesters. Yes. And somebody did like a side by side of how one, I think it was CBB or some you know news organization showed it, and they cut off before the car like actually started ramming through. So those perspectives can really change the narrative of what's what's going on. But at the for like the story that happened here in Dallas, in my head, it's just one of those things where why were i understand you wanted to defend a business and help a business you really liked but you kind of have to go through the mindset of why did you choose a machete and why were like that a machete in and of itself is something that's going to probably set people off and i think you know that so when you go out there with a machete like i think that but like the story behind like one dude chasing or like running around with machete downtown is like kind of small potatoes compared to what happened last night like mm. i mean supposedly the supposedly these police led peaceful protesters onto the margaret hunt bridge trapped over 200 people and then unleashed tear gas and rubber bullets on them and then like arrested them all and then well no they they restrained them put them in paddy yeah. wagons took them back to the courthouse and then let them go free so it's like what is going on out there that you know you got this stuff but, happening a good resource for people, I think, the Warner Brothers, you know, this ties back into movies. Warner Brothers just um, put up Just Mercy with Jamie Foxx and uh, I think it's Michael B. Jordan. Michael yeah. B. Jordan. Yeah, for free, for rent. So if you, mm-hmm. I think we're going to watch, I'm going to watch that and we'll we're hopefully We're also going to, we're going to rewatch Remember the Titans. Yeah. And- so. <laughs> It's, and I'm, I'm telling you, I know it can be hard, but it's okay to say, I don't understand, I don't know, or can you explain yep. whatever to me? And if somebody says, no, I won't, go figure it out for yourself, fair enough, maybe you should figure it out for yourself. But I think it's okay to ask questions if you just really don't understand or you want to know more or whatever. No, and that's how we get past all this. Like, we, by asking questions and understanding the other side, we'll get through this all together but by just saying like i don't want to know anything like that's just not gonna help getting everyone in our country to the point of being willing to ask questions and to learn more yeah that's the most important part well hopefully through some of this that happens but people are paying attention it's gonna be great are you going up is indeed the word yeah are you going up to the office every like still going up to the intercom building I'm, i'm still going up to the office luckily I have continued to live a, you know, fairly comfortable. I have not run into anything, especially with the time of day. I think it would have been a lot different when we were doing the night show, you know. Yeah. Then that would have been a whole different deal. But since I'm just going up there early in the morning and then leave mid-afternoon, it just it looks like everything is business as usual. And I think yeah. that's the part that's kind of scary to some people. It's like it looks like business as usual now, but you should have seen it last night or you should see it tonight. It's yeah. going to get crazy. No. I mean, he's an essential entertainment worker, dude. Yeah. They're not going to mess with him. No. He's not a he's not a guy who does marketing for a swim school. So. Yeah. 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 What a liberal use of that word. <laughs> so we have you on to talk about Lance. And I am very excited to talk about this. I've got a whole page of notes from literally just the second part. Like, 
This is like the OP like crazy story before like Tiger King and all that shit. Like, what's first? What? Let's give our our Jindo head ratings of this four hour, three and a half hour documentary. I, it is such a I don't know. I'd give it like a two. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like three, but. And then I'll totally wuss out and go 2.5 in yeah. the middle. Uh, I thought it was, you know, it, I, I still thought it was entertaining, but it was essentially Lance trying to control the narrative of a puff piece. And, but that fed into my entertainment because I hate Lance Armstrong. <laughs> oh, here we go. Everyone here <laughs> does. Everyone yeah. in Dallas does. I, it's. Hey. I hated Lance Armstrong before it was cool to hate Lance Armstrong. I really want to make that clear. I I didn't know anything about, like, what he said about the masseuse. Like, everything that was going on with the guy who committed suicide. Like, yeah. some of the stuff and some of the, like, things he did and said. Like, I think, what did he... He questioned Floyd Landis's like, mental state. Like, yep. that is... I just don't understand how somebody like that was allowed to say all that type of shit. Because he was an icon. You like, know? what was like, 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 what was it like when all that stuff was coming out that he like all this stuff he was saying back okay, in? So that's the thing is like when I, I was kind of joking, but kind of not that I hated Lance Armstrong for a really long time is I watched a couple documentaries about him and they had that same uh, masseuse lady and her husband. Yeah. So as soon as I saw her, I was oh. like, well, I know her from one of these other docs. And that's the thing is people were like, well, he cheated. Everybody cheated. I was like, it's so much more than that. Like, if he just cheated, I don't hate Mark McGuire to the core of the human being that he is, but he cheated. Lance Armstrong systematically tried to destroy these people's lives because he knew that he could and nobody was going to stop him. That's the reason that I hate him is because he's a bad person. Yeah, like. When they said at some point in the documentary, it was like, are they, you know, just good people who are cheating or like, are they bad people who are cheating? And it's like, in Lance Armstrong's case, it's very obvious. This is just a bad person yeah. who was about to pull in John McCain to help defend him, defend himself, even though he knew he was guilty of what everything. It's was really saying. hilarious, like how much time he spent making this and was involved with this. And it just makes him look horrible. Yeah, like, like, I don't, I don't think this makes him look any better. No. But I bet he thought it was while he was doing it, right? Yeah. Because sure, yeah. well, there's a I, – I meant to, to to time it, but there's at least a 20-minute section of the mo- of the documentary that just talks about his uh, foundation. And it really feels like they're trying to say, like, hey, here's the good he did. But that doesn't yeah. – that doesn't cancel out all the bad he did as well. And that's the – that's the most complex part. I'll give props to Corey because he brought up something to me a long time ago. Is he said that you can't take away the hope that he gave people. Now he didn't hardly give any actual money to cancer research. If you mm. look behind some of the stuff that Livestrong did, it was essentially a PR arm for Lance Armstrong. But I will agree, the hope that he gave to people, like if you're a cancer survivor and you still love Lance Armstrong, I totally get that. Yeah. Maybe he helped you then that I will never take away from him. The issue I have is he didn't give a crap about any of those people. He no. cared about what's good for the Lance Armstrong brand and what pumps money into. I'm not going to lie to you, Marina. I'm going to tell you my truth. Obviously, like, there's no sympathy for him. 
do you have any sympathy for the people kind of like Floyd Landis or um, I think Jan Ulrich? Like, I, I do. Because, like, I mean, obviously, Jan Ulrich, not here anymore, but Floyd Landis. Uh, I think Jan Floyd Ulrich Landis, is still alive. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's the one that got who put in the psychiatric hospital. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I guess I should say, isn't super capable of speaking directly for himself right yeah. there. So, yeah. so an awful, an awful fate for him. But the thing is, like him and and then Floyd, they feel like they're like, no, yeah, I definitely did something wrong. And you even saw how defiant Floyd Landis was at the time. And how different he feels now. Yeah. So that's the one guy that I feel really bad for. Like, did you the Jan Ulrich guy? And I found an article of like what happened when he got put into a psychiatric hospital. He hired an escort and attacked that escort. And then the week before that, no. they tried to like break into his neighbor's house. So like, he was so out of his mind on drugs and alcohol that he was like beating the shit out of a hooker. It's, and they got arrested for it, and they couldn't, like, take him to jail because he was so unstable. Like, they had to take him to a psychiatric hospital. So, like, I don't know if that's ramifications of what he did, or he was just kind of a crazy dude to begin with. Like, That's tough to say. I do know, and this, like, his, the outcome of his behaviors are not directly Lance Armstrong's fault, mm -hmm. but... I, I did look it up. Of those seven Tour de France's that he won, I think Jan Ulrich finished second in three of them okay. and third in, in another one. So, like, at least three of those could have been his. Now, that doesn't mean that it's Lance Armstrong's fault that that's how he dealt with failure. I just wonder, like, would his life be completely different right now? I think it would be a lot. But, like, with Floyd Landis, you could tell he didn't enjoy lying. Like, he didn't enjoy you know saying all that stuff and it really did affect him yeah throughout that entire time and up till today i think so a lot i mean a lot of people that went through it like another guy died of a cocaine overdose yeah because you know how much stuff he went through like it's amazing that a sport as simple as cycling had so much controversy like in what 10 years 15 years something like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> they, they did one of the big doping busts and i was like that's not the one i remember there must be another one and then like three years later they were like this is the new biggest bust in the history of cycling it's that sport's a mess man no it's it's so bad the fact that they had to literally create an anti-doping agency to like <laughs> police yeah. them uh, yeah. speaks volumes right there like that is just horrific and it's like it's still happening to this day like, we know oh, yeah. almost for sure that Russia is still doping in their Olympic programs. They're like, passing yeah. through the walls and shit. Yeah, I mean, they're constructing the whole, like, facilities to be able to cheat the doping programs. It's amazing. Like, and it probably will happen. Like, it, it will never be stamped out. Like, we'll probably always have some form of doping in athletics, right? I agree. I mean, because you're always looking for, and they even mentioned that with one of the tests. They were like, but well, we're already ahead of the test. It's. Yeah so much easier to get ahead of the test than it is to create the forward thinking test. It's just, I, the one thing going back to like live strong, I never, I never realized this in the Oh four Athens games. They just like handed out those arm, those wristbands to all the athletes. Oh yeah. Like Nike is such a smart company. 
across the yeah. board. Like, that's one of the cool, like, not coolest. It's one of the smartest moves I think I've ever seen by any company. That was the craziest, like, marketing deal. Like, there's yeah. a simple, like, yellow bracelet, but, like, people lost their minds. And this was, like, the generation yes. of Beanie Babies and, like, all kind of sorts of, like, Pokemon cards and whatnot. So. Could, I don't know if y'all could think of one. My fiance and I were watching, and she was like, "Is that like the first bracelet?" Uh, I, I I thought I don't know. Could do y'all think of like a cause bracelet before that? Because no, I was the uh, what would Jesus do bracelets before that? Because I feel like that oh was, yeah, that's true. That was, was kind of like before? yeah, that was like mid to late nineties okay. when those came out, and that's that's fitting as a comparison for Lance Armstrong. That's, so that's the, about right for him. Like the one testicle Jesus. Oh my god. Yeah. Do you remember, like... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> we can cut that. No, we're not cutting that. That's hilarious. Uh, did you have a, a yellow bracelet back in 03, 04, whenever the hell it was? It was like, oh. Oh, one. Oh, oh. I did not, but I, I do absolutely remember the hysteria behind it, but I did not. They said, and now like, I'm 80 glad million people, or 80 million sold, and I was like, that's it? They only yeah. Sold? I thought, like, everyone in America bought one. No, I... I can remember we'd be at the Blue Goose in Plano, and it, it like, they, every, just, they every, couldn't keep them there. It was yeah. nuts. Like, everybody had them on, so, um, no, the, that whole thing, man, I don't know. Um, but with, with, like, him coming back in, this is another thing. I don't remember him coming back in 09 for the Tour de France. No. Like, I... No, I do. I, I don't I remember that, all. yeah. Like, was that a huge story in 09, and I just was checked out completely? Or I just didn't care it, about it was, cycling. It was definitely well, it was definitely a huge story because for the first time in what, four years, yeah. Americans were gonna be forced to care about cycling for a minute. And then by that point, like the thing is, I feel like there were whispers about Lance Armstrong's drug use at the time, but he was too good. You know, like it would be the same thing as like when we talked about Jordan, if there was thoughts that he was using steroids. He was too good. Yeah. But like during that two years he was gone, somebody would probably have figured it out because he didn't matter as much anymore. Well, that's the same thing. Lance Armstrong didn't matter as much anymore. People started to dig a little bit more. The French people started to dig a little bit more. And by the time he came back, people were like, yeah, I don't know about all of this. And they even said, like, in the late 90s that there were rumors of this, like, all over France and Europe. and But it was portrayed as this thing of, no, like, we don't think he could do this because who can come back from cancer? And so it was framed in a way where like they really threw the cancer portion into it, into the conversation. And so here in America, everybody was like, well, of course he's doing it. Like he's the survivor. Like he's this person. And right. they if, just didn't believe it over there. If it had been anyone else other than like a guy who had just survived cancer and was yeah. like just the icon of the sport for them and it was making it huge and, just bringing in millions in revenue. Future governor of Texas. Yeah, if it hadn't been Lance yeah. Armstrong, like I'm pretty sure the French or whoever over there would have, yeah, like seriously investigated and and taken care of it. But like the whole organization of cycling was like hands off just because of how popular this guy was. And you're definitely on to something there because like. One of the people they referenced was Greg LeMond. Like, I remember, because I was a kid at the time, and I didn't remember, like, that the Tour de France was important, but I remember 
He won, it was either when he won in 89 or 90 with that insane comeback in the time trial. And, like, that was a big deal for half a second here. And then everybody moved on and nobody cared. When Floyd Landis won, nobody cared. But Lance Armstrong, because of that backstory, they were like, wow, he overcame cancer and he said suck it to the French. Like, that's amazing. And you're right. People cared, and that's why they were like, do not mess with the Golden Goose. It's the same thing as baseball. Like, in a couple weeks, they're going to do the McGuire-Sosa documentary. Everybody in baseball knew, but then they saw the numbers, and they were like, you better shut your mouth about this. I want to hear Bassick's opinion on that so much. Like, in a couple weeks, I think it's going to be – his reaction to it is going to be hilarious. Like, all of y'all's reactions to it are going to be awesome. How much like, are they going to talk about, like, Sammy Sosa died himself quite? I... <clears throat> That's a good question. I'm disappointed this is not, like, a multi-parter, because I yes. would be all about seeing that. Yeah. But, because, like, I mean, could you do a multi-parter on just the 98 season? Like, I know you could definitely yeah. do, like, multi-parts on Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and, like, the steroid era. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so, if they had the footage for it, they could, right? Yeah. I think about it. Did you guys ever see, we might have talked about this last time, the OJ Made in America? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, like, that's not, I mean, it's it's about OJ, but, like, it's about a lot more than OJ. And so it talks, it tracks, like, their up, upheaval of racism and race relations and, like, how it ties to OJ. So my same thing would be like this. You start it with... Part one is the cancellation of the 94 season. And the Rangers were in first place at the time. The Expos looked like they might have won the World Series. And Tony Gwynn was hitting 394. Like, there was crazy things happening in baseball. And they just canceled the season. So you deal with that. And you deal with the fall apart of baseball. And then part two, you can deal with, like, the rise of McGuire and Sosa, and then also how like how Ripken tried to jumpstart baseball again. Then you can get into 98, and then you can get into the aftermath of how that led Barry Bonds down the path of jealousy that had him start to take steroids. And there's so much stuff there that I think it could be about so much more than just 98, but all about like the same thing. I really think we need to call Stephen Bishop now and say like, hey, we got a guy who's got a documentary idea for you. <laughs> like... That would Let's be... make it good. No. Well, we'll hit him up. He'd have to put on some pounds, dude. No, he, Steven, would, Steven would just go around interviewing people. Oh, uh, okay. Like, so he wouldn't be, be playing whole... like... No, he'd be talking to everybody. Okay. Like, sure. I think he could... I do. I think he would do that in a heartbeat if he could go just talk to, like, everybody in that era. Especially yeah. Because he was a minor leaguer oh, in yeah. 94. Yeah. So he would have been in the minors whenever the strike happened. Yeah. Whenever everything was kind of... And, I don't want to give off in a tangent real fast, but another one that would be really cool is a documentary about the lockout of the NHL back in 04? Mm, 06. Yep. It's the season. 04 05. Yeah, 04 yeah. 05, and how it completely cratered everything that was happening in the NHL at that point. Yeah. Because, like, they literally went from being on, like, ESPN and ABC and NBC to having to be on Versus. Mm-hmm. Like, it killed their sport it set them back so many years it's so important right now because we could have that happen like for multiple leagues possibly like if the players unions and the you know owners don't get stuff worked out like you know the nhl the mls like it's a real risk of when was the last time you guys talked to um luchi gonzalez we talked to him on thursday okay and 
seeing as how things don't look super awesome for them at the moment, I am very fascinated to see how Thursday goes. And he's been pretty upfront about the tournaments that they planned. And he talked about being away from his family. And he said, like, nothing's for sure. But he made it sound like they were making preparations for all of that. So, yeah, it's not looking too hot at the moment. And for people who are not... Uh, familiar with MLS, Lucha Gonzalez is the manager of FC Dallas, mm-hmm. our local, literally not far away from where we are right now. Um, yeah. Catch the fever. Yeah, I, I worked for FC Dallas. Like, I loved FC Dallas. Those people were awesome. Like, I would literally was right next to um, Dan Hunt, like, every day. Super great guy. Oh, yeah. Dan Hunt's fun guy. Dan's awesome. So, what is there plans to still do, like, a uh, deal in Orlando to bring the MLS, MLS back? That is still a plan, but they were talking about tweaking it where it won't be like a straight tournament and the group play will count for your season record. But now they've run into a whole bunch of other uh, issues about scheduling and money and stuff like that. So I don't I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I'm really curious what he's going to say, because like I said, he's on Thursday, one thirty on Thursday. Check it out. He's usually pretty upfront about everything. Okay. Night. Well, he seems like a really nice. I never met him. I wasn't there when he was there. It was um. He's Perea, he's an awesome dude. Oscar. We got to meet his family. Yeah, he's good people. No, he seems like a really good dude. But I mean, let's hope we get sports back, man. Like I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I think it's a very long shot that we get the MLB back. But it sucks too because there's so many teams in these like in these leagues that might not survive this, right? I mean. There's yeah, teams in, in the MLB, in the MLS, in the NHL that were barely surviving going into this, and then you just take like almost half a season away from them. And how does the business survive? I mean, it's like anyone's asking themselves right now, like, how does my business survive if I have no customers for four months? Right. Twenty twenty has been a hell of a ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're like not even all the way halfway through yet. No, so. we just started the six month. Like we're yeah, um, it just keeps getting better. But with with Lance, there was never a point in the documentary where I felt he learned his lesson or he felt actual contrition. Was that how you felt after all after three and a half hours of this shit movie? <laughs> That was my takeaway because of one specific part where he did show real emotion. I thought there was only one part where he showed like genuine human, not calculated robotic emotion. It's when he was talking about Jan Ulrich and like uh, Yvonne Basso and some of the other people who like some cheated, some didn't, but like so many of them are considered on the same level and some of them are hated and some of them are just like, eh, either way. Like the way he got like really fiery and passionate about that, I really really would have loved to see him be passionate when he talked about like literally stealing money from the u.s government instead he was like yeah i mean it was it was tough we lost the case and yeah but then he's talking about other things go ahead no no sorry like he literally said multiple times like i wouldn't change anything like what the hell are you talking about and and he even like lectured the person behind the camera i don't know how many times i have to tell you i wouldn't change anything i was like Right. Oh, really? You wouldn't change the disgrace of your life? You wouldn't change Jan being in a mental hospital? You wouldn't change having to pay back the government that you stole money from? You wouldn't even change the part where you cut off your finger that was way too long because nobody cares about that. Do you think he got enough punishment out of the, this whole thing? Like, Do you think he should have gone to jail, to prison over 
some of this? I totally understand the idea of sending him to jail. I'm telling you, for the person he is and the megalomaniac that he is, this is the worst punishment. If you put him in jail and he could turn into some sort of martyr or something like that, what he's sitting in right now is he's sitting in irrelevancy. I heard what he said where he goes, look, I mean, you know, I'm Lance Armstrong. I'm always relevant. And I'm, I wish I was there to kick down the door and be like, well, that's not what the first half of the ratings to your documentary said, buddy, because nobody yeah. cares. So that I think this is the worst thing for him right now. He's sitting in irrelevancy, and this was his one shot to get it back, and it didn't work. It is pretty like uh, stark how we had Michael Jordan's documentary, and it just completely blew up. And then you have Lance Armstrong's documentary, no one really cares. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Which I haven't looked at the ratings for Sunday, but I just heard that like the first part had absolutely great. Like it, it did not do well at all. I well, I'm yep. not surprised. Everyone's watching the purge, so it's true. Yeah, everybody's a little busy right now. <clears throat> no, I I was kind of surprised by that. I thought maybe some people would jump on and and watch and just be kind of interested in it. Which makes me now question if anybody's going to watch this Bruce Lee documentary that's coming out Sunday. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think so because the hype level for it wasn't there. I wonder if they'll crank the hype level back up for the Boys of Summer, the Mm McGuire, Sosa thing. uh, Because, like, the Michael Jordan cards went crazy. And then Michael, I mean, uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa cards have really started to take off in anticipation oh. of that same bounce. So I don't know. I would have thought that ESPN locked down Sunday nights, but these last two weeks let you know that mm, maybe not. No, I, and I don't, I, yeah, I guess it, I think it really just has to do with like everybody hears the Lance Armstrong name now. And it's just like, all right, screw this guy. Asshole. Like, I don't want to watch anything really about him. But I. But well, you know. also have like the further we get away from the lockdown, the less people are going to be like glued to the TV, right? Yeah. There's other stuff to do nowadays. Yeah, like watch Korean baseball. That's, <laughs> that, that's a good point, especially about other stuff to do. Especially, I don't know if you caught that. We just had a, a drink spillage in this oh, room. Cool. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, is especially is when opening up. It is. It is. She was, she was sitting here doing work and then just kicked over a drink. Um, she's okay. She wants you guys to yeah, know she's tell her, okay. Tell her we say um, congrats on the wedding in a, in a couple weeks and in advance. Yep. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh. I don't know if you can hear that, but she said, <laughs> "Oh, we, oh, got, we got it. We got it." Okay. Good. Um. That there's there is more stuff that you're allowed to go out and do, not just in Texas, but in a lot of different spots. And yeah. so you, everyone doesn't feel as beholden to their TV. I feel like so that's that's a really valid point. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm gonna be really interested to see how Be Gone goes, but this probably yeah. I don't. I'll watch it. I know. We'll I, talk. I about think the it. Sammy Sosa and Mark Guire thing will like really be big, pretty big. Yeah. And nothing's gonna be as big as Michael Jordan. Like no. we, that was the market sure. in the summer. So like it's all kind of downhill from there. No, like, let me let me ask you something about that though, because I I I've really been racking my brain, and I think I came up with maybe one person, because like Michael Jordan has more star power than just about like damn near anybody ever in the sports world. 
Is there another person that you can think of that would have the type of star power that I'm not saying it would be the same ratings, but they would drum up like kind of similar ratings. So if like the amount of footage and like the quality was the same, I think either Wayne, Wayne Gretzky or Tom Brady would be really good. Um, okay. There, did you know, actually, I believe the very first 30 for 30 is about uh, Wayne Gretzky. It's about, it's not about like just him. It's about the trade yeah. to the Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen Kings that. Ransom, I think was it, what it yep. was called. I, I think that is right. Yeah. Um, so the person I'm going to throw out there, because he also has that like crazy other outside story is, what about multi-part Tiger Woods? Man, I mean... I could see that happening for sure. I th- I think it could happen, but you would have to wait until he's done playing, right? Like, okay, there's no yeah, way he yeah. would like be willing to sit down and like you know tell his full story before he's fully retired. See, I I, w- I think I would disagree with that just because I think you do the entire documentary by like the rise of Tiger Woods, the downfall, and then him winning the Masters. I think it was last year. I think that's the arc that you do. The real and going, then you can say, like, oh, he retired a couple years later. Yeah, but the risk you run, in, run with that is, sure, he won a Masters last year. What if we come into the next season and he just wins the, you know, um, he wins Nation. all four majors and has this incredible run, breaks breaks all-time Jack majors. Nicholson's. Yeah, like, you know, if he plays, you know, like three or four years at a fairly high level, like, he could have significantly more major accomplishments. And then you just kind of... You lost like your last episode, basically. Well, and then you could also do something that focuses on the charity matches that he's doing now with Phil Mickelson and how much money they raised for COVID. I think that's another part of it. Yeah, I mean, if you did like if you did a focused documentary and mm-hmm. and didn't try to do um, a documentary exactly like Michael Jordan's story, it would be good. I would love to see something. How many parts would it have to be though? That's well, if you did the timeline between like. The, you know, uh, his wife going after him with a golf club to the point where he wins the majors. That's a good, like, what, four-part documentary? Yeah, and that's that's exactly where I would start it, with the police sirens or the phone call. Like, that's where mm-hmm. you start it, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, are we getting right into this? And then you go from there. Yeah, and I think you do something very similar to The Last Dance where you jump back to his beginning and then, like, oh, yeah. you win his first one, but then, like, mm-hmm. still going forward. I think for me... The one person I would like to see a documentary about, and I don't know, I assume that somebody has before, would be Muhammad Ali. I would like to yeah. see the transition of him from his Cassius Clay into Muhammad Ali and all those fights he won. I think that would be really interesting. There is, there's a few, because I'm more enamored with the fight series of Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier okay. than any fight series that's ever been. And so there's a documentary that chronicles some of that. There is a documentary leading into his Rumble in the Jungle with George Foreman. Okay. And then there there are at least two other documentaries. The issue with some of the straight Muhammad Ali documentaries is, man, oh, man, do they bypass some of the flaws that he has as a human being. It's like... And I don't just mean, like, not going to war. I think that's something, like, reasonable people can maybe discuss. But... There's some other stuff with Muhammad Ali and the women that he was interested in that is yeah. very, very unfortunate. That just like they just breeze past that and they're like, "Oh, I got married five times. It's crazy." And you're like, "Yeah, it's a little bit more than crazy if you look into it." But yeah, 
there's a couple of documentaries out there that are strictly like leading up to fights that you should check out. They're really good. I'm going to check that out for sure. What's the, what's the latest you've been watching? Any TV shows or films you've, Oh, man. I'm really glad that you asked, especially <laughs> since y'all are my show of record since you got uh, you got the dude on from Imposters, and you asked about the show. I was yeah. really excited about that. No, you got me to it's, watch it. I actually watched it. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I, I thought how they oh. He didn't like it. I thought there were parts of it that were interesting, and I like when they wrapped up the second season, I was like, how in the hell would they do a movie? And then he gets yeah. that spoilers for people who want to watch this show. They he gets that phone call and he's like, "Oh, the doctor's here or whatever." I was like, "Oh shit, okay, that would be kind of cool, like to see them take <laughs> over that con." Well, okay, so if you weren't blown away by imposters, <laughs> if you haven't seen the show, I'm currently obsessed with this show. It's called Money Heist. He said that too. Steven also recommended that. So that's now two people. So, okay. It's, it is so good. Like, I thought it was John Daniels, the uh, GM for the Rangers, yeah. actually recommended it to us. And I was like, oh, okay. And I thought it was a documentary about something. It is not. It's a drama that was made in Spain. And I'm a bad person because we're watching it dubbed. So if you want to be true to the cause and watch it in subtitles you're a better person than i am but we like blitz through the first two seasons and it's freaking awesome how many seasons are there so there's there's four it's not even seasons they call them like parts and so i honestly don't know if they release them like differently in spain or they just call them something differently but it's like 13 episodes in the first part, then nine, then eight, then eight. And so we're into the third part, but the first two seasons were freaking awesome. And like, I liked Imposters. This is a totally different level, and there's so many awesome characters in it. It's tremendous. Okay. I, I thought it was a documentary series, too, so that's why I'm like, oh, this sounds awesome. Okay. Yeah, we're definitely watching this next. Okay. Yeah, and um, it's in Spanish. So if you, okay, I guess, because like I said, I just, <laughs> well, Netflix dubbed it for me, and I was like, works for me. And Thanks so, Netflix. I honestly, when we, when we get to the last episode, I kind of want to switch it over to the closed captions just to see, like, do they sound anything like they do in my brain now? Um, but it's, so it's dubbed over if you choose to watch it like that. And if you don't like this one, then you never have to listen to another one of my recommendations, because I legit... No. freaking love the first two seasons of the show you're straight up the second person to recommend it yeah so we should definitely watch we it. need to jump on it now have you watched um hustlers on amazon i have is that good I'm just the, throwing stuff out. and that, that is, is that the stripper movie no oh, maybe it's not hustlers. hunters hunters my bad the uh al pacino al pacino oh, logan norman yes sorry <laughs> well i've seen i've seen both seen of them, both of them. Okay. um so hunters is i wouldn't say it's good but it's super entertaining if you understand okay. you know because like i i sat back and watched it and i was like this is preposterously stupid yet i kept watching episode I'm after episode because it was really entertaining huh okay that's another one he recommended so we need to like, watch that as well i, I read a review 
uh, it was from a, I can't remember what, but it was like a Jewish media source. And they said, this does not stay close to facts. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. The show about people who hunt Nazis and Hitler in the 70s is not factually accurate? Oh, you don't say. And they were like, this will feed into people who are Holocaust deniers. And I was like, I did not watch the show for historical accuracy. It's Al Pacino chewing on every bit of scenery in sight while murdering Nazis. Take it for that, and you'll be fine. You have you have Scarface hunting Nazis. That's like, literally like what are you that's like bitching about? about Inglorious Bastards not being like accurate, like yeah. factually accurate. Like you know, going in that this is kind of a riff on that time period, and to say like it's gonna fuel Holocaust deniers, like you're saying there were Nazis that they're now hunting. The sad thing is, people like, are so goddamn stupid. It will fuel Holocaust deniers. <laughs> Like, there will be people out there that take that away from it. It's, I don't get it, it's yeah, and, like, those are the people you're never going to change their mind, this show or not. So, like, I think Money Heist is entertaining, but it's also straight up excellently made. Hunters is entertaining, but, you know, I wouldn't push it forward for the award season or anything okay. like that. Are you going to watch uh, King of Staten Island from Judd Apatow next week? I th- think i probably will i have a complex relationship with judd apatow where i think he should end every single one of his movies like 30 minutes before it actually ends yeah Uh, but i like him no this one looks really funny we're having keith robinson who's in it on the show on friday so very nice we're excited for that he's a a pot if you're into well you're into podcasts you're on a podcast he has a podcast called three girls one keith that's really funny they have a lot of really, really good, you know, guests on. So like it was so, Amy Schumer and yeah, Amy Schumer and two other oh, wow. female comedians. So yeah, he's like best friends with Amy Schumer. He was in Trainwreck. Oh, okay, so. and it and it sounds like it's not totally autobiographical, but at least kind of autobiographical about Pete Davidson. So yeah. I, I um, oh, what's the word? I compared it to Honey Boy. That movie that came out last year with Shia. Yes, did you see we that? We just watched that a couple weeks ago. That. I rec- I compare that this to that just because he's taking kind of the story of his own life and doing it in a fictional story. But yeah, like his yeah. dad passed away in the nine in at nine eleven, and yeah, it's you know, like the backstory is very autobiographical, yeah. and then the outcome is very different from his life. Yeah, which so. I mean, yeah, he's a comedian, not a firefighter, exactly. Yeah. Um, but they've got that thing is a stacked cast with Buscemi and. Um, Marissa Tomei and some others that I'm now blanking. A couple oh. people from uh, SNL. MGK's in it. Like, yeah. I'm really excited to see that. I think that's going to be awesome. Machine Gun Kelly for all I, you. I think guys. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's yeah. super good. It's funny. Well, hey, man, thank you for taking the time and talking with us again. We really appreciated it. And uh, definitely check out uh, 105.3's KNC Masterpiece every day from 10 to 2, right? 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. At Oh Thank Kevin on Twitter. Yep. If you want to hear any of my other nonsensical ramblings or maybe i'll just appear on here again someday yeah we might hey we'll just keep doing two weeks we'll we'll talk about long gone summer in two weeks <laughs> he's, he keeps giving us a documentary yeah so, so. as well that's well real fast before we jump off do you think they're going to continue to just like pick up these documentaries and throw them on every couple weeks as lockdowns and i do I, I do because they fast track these three mm-hmm. to get them all on. I guess the only thing that would change that is if like Bruce Lee and the baseball one both tanked, then they might be like, no, well, Maybe. never mind. Yeah, but I, I kind of think they will. 
They're not going to have anything else on. So. Yeah, well, God, I hope not. Well, <clears throat> sir, you have a great week, and uh, check out the Lucci Gonzalez interview on Thursday on KNC. So, but thank you again for coming on with us. We really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Later, guys. Later. Have a good night. Stay safe. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode, and uh, we hope you guys subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, as well as our podcast, rate and subscribe, and uh, interact with us on over there. And uh, if you guys want to contact me, I'm at Captain Crones on Instagram and at Alex F. Kelly uh, on Twitter. So come find me. Let's talk movies. Thanks, guys.